Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, the J10 Initiative. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire inside is delightful. Now, it's not Christmas no more. I was listening to Christmas music uh, yesterday and today because it was snowing outside. Yeah, it is cold. Yeah. Merry Ordinary Time. There you go. Merry Ordinary Time. We made it. This is the first week of Ordinary Time when we're recording this thing. Yeah, Father Mike and Deacon Jacob here. Oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> welcome to Catholic, <laughs> welcome to Catholic Stuff. Welcome to Catholic Stuff, you should know. Uh, yeah, this is our first one in our kind of new schedule, so we'll be recording together for the next uh, four months. That's right. Yeah, we've uh, switched from uh, the, the rotation that we've done over the last number of years. Um, is, this is like the 15th year, is yeah, it? Yeah, I think so. You had, we had 14th or 15th, well, J10... So January, or not January, was it January? Yeah, yeah, 2010. 2010, that's it. So yeah, this is uh, 20 or 14 years, so we're in, into the 15th. Yeah, so last week was the anniversary. I'm sure we've mentioned this yeah. already. So <laughs> um, this is cool. I, I think in part, uh, we're just mixing it up. And in part, it'll be nice for me because I have a hard time keeping up with the listening to the podcast. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know what the other guys are talking about. <laughs> And I could be redundant or, yep. you know, lose some of the kind of continuity of everything. So let's give it a try. You'll remember what we talked about, hopefully. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> but the weather outside, back to the weather, it is frightful. I drove to do a baptism this morning at 8 a.m. And well, I was driving at 7 and the weather was, what, negative, I think it was about negative 8 at that time. Yeah. And we're not even the worst in the U.S. right now, but it was frigid. It's cold. And my car, uh, I was not, I was on an empty gas tank. Um, so you're, you, you know about that. <laughs> I always run an empty gas tank. I serendipitously, providentially, was like desperately running out. And I can't remember where, was I going to the hospital or back to the church, whatever it was. I slide in, probably rolled in to a gas station. <laughs> I get out and I didn't well, have my wallet with me. Yeah, and so I happened to be pumping gas at this gas station right on my way up to my retreat. So I've got three other guys in the car with me filling up my gas tank before heading up I-70 to go to our retreat place. And I just hear somebody yell, get a job! (laughs) And I'm like, I don't know if that was directed at me or... One of the homeless people sitting outside the oh, gas station. I'm weird. like, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> so I'm kind of looking around. I don't see anybody. And then I keep pumping my gas and I hear, get a job. <laughs> <laughs> I turn around and there's Father Mike. <laughs> yeah. These guys looked confused for a minute. And then it was awesome because um, Deacon Jacob gave me his um, credit card so I could pump some gas and move on to the next place before running out. My gas light is on Again? right now. <laughs> it's right now. In fact, yeah, I just looked at the phone, one degree outside, but the sun is shining and there's some melting going on on the streets. And um, there wasn't a lot of snow. So it's no. actually like, this is going to clear up pretty quick. But I pull into the parking at, at uh, the house here and I get out of the car, ready to go, um, kind of running a little bit late for the podcast. Um, and as I walk around my car, I hear this oh, no. flat. Yep. <sighs> so I haven't dealt with it yet, but um, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of in a good mood, so I don't really care <laughs> a whole lot. It's a, it's a better time for it to happen than 
other times. Could possibly, yeah. but, but it is cold, so I'm not sure how That's changing the tire is going to be. Uh, Father Daniel Eusterman got a flat here uh, last year. We, oh. had to, we had to fix it in the backyard. Maybe it's our alley. I think oh, we, I remember that. We might that. be yeah. picking up junk in the alley. Oh, boy. I had a flat. I had two flats last year, so uh, there's just a lot of junk on the road. Um, so anyway, I was almost out of gas, so instead of um, running late and getting gas in my car like a responsible adult, I grabbed the seminary van. Uh, which had gas in it, and I was just driving up to the parish, and I was coming back to get breakfast and have coffee with some of the guys at the house. So I take our one of our house vans, but I was not aware that the alternators kind of going out on that Uh-oh. one. <laughs> Uh-oh. This was today or this what? Is, this is today. So since it's cold, already that's a problem with your battery and alternator situation. And then I'm running the lights because it's before sunrise, and I'm running... What? You, that's a bad example. You can't tell people that. Huh? You can't tell people that. What do you mean? Oh, you're, you have the lights on. No, no, no. On. I'm not running... I thought you're running I'm, red lights. I am not lights. running red lights. Okay. I am on I-70 I with so no red lights. I so early in the morning. I'm running my headlights. My headlights okay. are on. That's good. Because... <laughs> I thought, well... <laughs> it's I'm not so sure. early in the morning. I'm, I'm just blitzing through every you, red light. But I think it's a bad example. <laughs> no, I... Uh, no. I, okay. I will sit at the red light in... I, in my past, might have or might not have plead the fifth, ran a red light. And then I felt so guilty if I had done that. Um, now I will just sit at a red light for like uh, five minutes if it doesn't change. Yeah. And then I'll get out of my car and go hit the, the, the walk. <laughs> that <laughs> one at uh, Bonnie Bray, that I've had that not change. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, I've got, I've got my lights on. I've got the air conditioning or the, the heater running, the defroster's running, um, and then the analog brake system kind of was... Uh, firing because I was on the slick. So just, uh-huh. just as you're breaking, it's kind of doing its pulsating thing. And I guess all of that together was just really stressing the battery. Mm-mm. So then it like, I'm halfway to the parish on I-70. And if I let off the gas, I just like the power of the car is just going like, mm. <laughs> so I have to like keep the gas on. I'm like, what's going on? Am I going to break this car down? you know, on I-70 when it's negative eight degrees out. But I realized everything that's kind of like flashing at me is electrical. So I said, oh, it's probably an alternator problem. Hopefully I can get to the parish. But I switched off anything that used power. And then the car was driving fine. So I then didn't have heat for (laughs) the last 10 minutes of the drive. But I got there and I was was kind of frustrated. I was like, why, why do we not listen to the weather more? Why do we not? It's negative 10 degrees. Why are we trying to do anything? And then I realized what I was going to do, which was a baptism, impart divine life there you go. through a sacrament into this young, young baby, Luz Marie, Luz Maria. Um, and I said, I guess if we're going to do something, that's probably the best thing to do. So there you I was go. okay with it. But that was my morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I used to drive um, when I was in seminary the first couple of years. You're, you're poor. Someone told me some, some stat where they get like three cents a, an hour. Uh, <laughs> and you're not supposed to get paid. It's not like you're there to get paid um, or have a whole lot of needs. But I would drive my um, Honda Civic hatchback. And I don't even know. Somebody might have given it to me or whatever. Um, and to pay for gas and insurance was enough. But I could I didn't never got it fixed. <laughs> and it didn't have heat. You know, the heater didn't work. So... You could maybe 
20 minutes, 25 minutes, it starts to warm up just off of the heat of the engine and the car warming up. Yep. Uh, but I would go driving to Regis every morning <laughs> after a mass with the sisters. And the ride during the winter was penance. <laughs> it was freezing cold sometimes. And I look back and I'm like, these people, it's trendy right now to do cold plunge every morning. <laughs> I got it free, man. Every day. And I'm not sure <laughs> I'm like jonesing for cold plunge anymore. I think I paid my dues, even if it's healthy or whatever. Did it have air conditioning in the summer? Was that a penance as well? Yeah, no air conditioning. Yeah. So it's fairly temperate in Denver. Yeah. There's hotter and colder days, but like today, but... Anyway, I saw, I opened up my uh, weather at forecast app and I was scrolling down and there was one that said negative 34 degrees. I was like, what is that trying to tell me? And it, I read the fine print underneath. It was minus 34 degrees from the average high on this date in Denver. Oh boy. <laughs> so yeah, we're, that's, uh, that's something different then. <laughs> I was like, I can't be negative 34. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it'll make so, you... We uh, could be in Bismarck where it probably is like negative 34. So right, we're, right. We're doing well. It gets like that. I don't know what the record would be, but it could get down to... Yeah, very, very, very cold. <laughs> very cold. Don't want to think about that no more. Uh, you, you shiver, and I'm kind of whispering things, but they're not necessarily good things um, <laughs> as I'm driving for Mass this morning at 7. The uh, Speaking of whispering things... Oh, uh, transition. Uh, Soto voce prayers. Soto voce. Soto voce prayers in the mass. Now, I don't know if I've done an episode on this before. We probably have. I think, uh, who is it? Father John mentioned one of the guys is always like, oh, that again? Yeah. <laughs> but, hey. Right. Well, Father John, Father John will go around the, <laughs> you know, go around the horn every few months <laughs> on, you know, Balthazar or Mary or modernity or something like that, right? <laughs> Soda voce prayers. Soda voce prayers. So there are prayers in the Mass that are spoken out loud, both by the presiding priest and the congregation. And then there are various prayers. I'm counting five um, that the priest prays in the... Well, okay, one of them is alternate, but let's see, five or six that are spoken under your breath or unheard is that what it would be soda soda voce is under your breath yeah under the voice under the voice so it's just in low voice it's not meant to be over the microphone yeah. um there in the old the old days the mass was the eucharistic prayers were all prayed like that you know super quiet and people wouldn't hear and everything the eucharistic mysteries but there are some remaining uh, prayers, and I just wanted to point them out and kind of ask you about you know some of those prayers. Now this is exciting because I haven't prayed any of these prayers because I'm not a priest yet. Well, you have participated in them. two of them. Two of them. So is it what the are those? After the gospel, and then the prayer prepping the altar with the uh, oh yeah, mingling of the okay. water and the wine. Or yeah, which one? Three you of them. Then what's the third? One? What am I the, missing? The other one is. Um, Father, give me your blessing. Oh, yeah, the prayer so, over the deacon. Technically, it's the priest doing the blessing, but yeah. it's... it's uh, That's the prayer of the priest over the deacon before he receives the blessing, which I guess is sort of voce because the rest of the people don't hear it, but it is right. prayed over and the deacon will hear it. 
Yeah, and then there's a corresponding. So if the deacon is going to proclaim the gospel, if there's a deacon there, he will proclaim the gospel. If the deacon's going to proclaim the gospel, he asks for the priest's blessing, and then uh, the priest will give this blessing. I'll just read it. Um, what do we got? Oh, <laughs> come on. I do this every day. May the Lord be in your heart and on your lips that you might um, proclaim his gospel worthily and well. Is that right? Yep. Or that you may proclaim his gospel worthily and well. Well, so this is funny from the deacon side because I haven't had to learn the prayer as a priest, so I don't think I could repeat it right now from memory, but it's one of those ones, as soon as I hear it, you know, it's the same all the time. But when I go serve a mass with somebody who has not had a deacon for years or forever, they don't have this prayer memorized. Oh, always. Yeah. And so sometimes I'll get the, and this isn't, uh, yeah, this isn't throwing any of the priests under the bus specifically, but um, sometimes you'll get a priest who doesn't remember the prayer and he's kind of caught off guard when you go, you know, bow in front of him and ask for his, your blessing father. And you kind of get a, may the Lord reading name of the father, son, Holy Spirit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's so, it's similar enough to the priest prayer that, you know, you could just kind of ad lib. It doesn't invalidate the mass. No. <laughs> if you don't get it right, but you ought to, Father. Um, so, what, okay, that's if you're, if you're going to bless the deacon. May the Lord be in your heart and on your lips that you may proclaim his gospel worthily and well in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. If the priest is, um, is proclaiming the gospel, that is, there's no deacon, mm. then he prays something very, very close which is cleanse my heart and my lips, almighty God, that I may worthily proclaim your holy gospel. So they're both cleanse my heart and my lips, you know, yep. or, or may the Lord be in your heart and on your lips. Yep. You know, it's very similar to the, um, the gesture we make in the prayer we all make after uh, a reading from the holy gospel, according to Matthew. Um, glory to glory you, to O Lord. Lord. And you're doing a cross on your forehead, your lips and in your heart. So, and th- that's about receiving. Mm-hmm. Which I always taught, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was my confirmation class or something. I was I was told that this is just a sanctifying of your memory, your voice, and your heart. And it's kind of like, Lord, be let this gospel be on my mind, on my lips, and in my heart is kind of the, the let this permeate my whole life and my being. That I may think it, speak it, and believe it. Um, yeah, so that's that's what I think of, and I would teach unless there's you know any other historical kind <laughs> of origin. We'll leave that to the historian exegetes. That's right. That's right. Um, okay, so you're asking the Lord be in your uh, in your heart and on your lips, um, or the Lord clean my heart and um, and um, and my lips. So and, that's the first one. And then after the gospel, yes, to the words of the to the words of the gospel, may our sins be wiped away. Yeah, so I use the Latin for that one. Yeah. Um, per Evangelia dicta, deliantur nostra delicta. And it rhymes nicely, <laughs> right? Um, okay, so I have I have spent some time meditating on that one because I think it's just a fascinating reality that there's power in the words of the gospel that are apart from, I don't know, like we think of... Um, Wiping away our sins having to do with a confession, having to do with um, a, an examination of conscience or words of absolution, like at the confidior during the Mass, I confess to Almighty mm-hmm. God or Lord have mercy, Lord have uh, Christ have mercy. And 
but I don't know that I've done, I had done a lot of reflection on the profundity of the, the words of the gospel themselves spoken to us and that actually wiping away our sins. I still don't know what wipe away our sins means exactly. <laughs> it's biblical and there's a sense of like a, a kind of log of a person's life and the um, there's language like blotting out of the book. You know, Moses mm-hmm. prays that their sins would be wiped away and God agrees to it. There's mention in my favorite Acts 3, 19 to 21 that um, there's this call to repentance that your sins might be wiped away and um, that you re- might receive times of refreshment. So I don't know. Is it that like wiped <laughs> away from this sort of log? Is it wiped away from your own tragic memories? Um, is it wiped away from book of life and the book of death? Something like that. Hmm. As if I know what that is, you know? <laughs> yeah. I haven't really thought about that. I, I would, I guess I just assumed it was some sort of like invocation that we would be cleansed of our sins. But the fact that, yeah, it says wiped instead of necessarily like washed or cleansed mm. is intriguing because there's, there's multiple layers there we could go on. I think um, what I like about it is words are powerful and the word of God is powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and that these words are living and effective. Uh, so they do something. Um, and, the fact that we reverence the gospel, um, we incense the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, why do we do that? We incense things that the presence of Christ is. Mm-hmm. Um, so we incense the altar, uh, the place of a sacrifice, the, the presence of a sacrifice. We incense the um, gifts themselves, uh, which are or become Christ's body and blood. Uh, we incense the priest who stands there in persona Christi, we incense the book of the gospel and we incense the people. Mm-hmm. We incense, the mystical body We incense Christ. the people because we are the body of Christ, mm-hmm. right? But we incense the, the book of the gospel, we incense the gospel because Christ is present in those words, yeah. uh, which is powerful to reflect on. And I had read today, just in preparation, I read very little, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, uh, but it, I read of Benedict the Sixteenth quote about um, how we, in kissing the altar and kissing the gospel book, we're in in part kissing Jesus mm-hmm. and um, reverencing him that way, kind of welcoming him. the The action of this woman who um, kisses the feet of Jesus and wipes his feet with her her tears, you know. Mm-hmm. And and the blotting out or the the purification that you just mentioned made me think of. The cathedral that I serve right now is um, Immaculate Conception. And Immacula, the macula um, that Mary is immaculate, is a stain, you know, so wiping away the stain of sin. That's a cool image, too, just yeah. like baptism with the stain of original sin. Hmm. Okay, like so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're cool. Okay, so the prayer at the beginning is uh, cleanse my heart and my lips, O Lord, or uh, may the Lord be in your heart and on your lips. So there's something of a preparation for this proclamation of such a word of power that I was thinking, like, there's something of a humbling that goes on. You know, the priest is about to step up, the deacon's about to step up and speak God's very word. Be the voice of God. 
at that moment of sorts and speak with the power of the Holy Spirit. And so he's asking, Lord, let this not be me. May the Lord be in your heart and on your lips. May the Lord cleanse my heart and my lips. And so that you're, you're prepared to be Christ at that moment and not bring myself too much to it. And so I was, I'm just, I had class with the um, permanent deacon candidates in their first year of four um, the other day. And I was really convicted again about how I think they're going to learn, but I want them to learn from the very beginning. Um, don't preach at the people. Mm. Don't preach at the people. There's a temptation to get up there, and here's the worst homily in my mind. <laughs> uh, you're bad, but maybe Jesus can make you good. <laughs> and the other one is just a rant about the world is terrible. Um, they're, they're both cheap. Yeah. They're both cheap, and they're not necessarily untrue, but it's just, here's my opinion about da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> and it's not terribly humble. I mean, mm. you're going up there to be Jesus, and but in your own flesh. So there's something about, humble me, Lord, so that I am, I'm not sp- speaking to the choir and I'm not speaking down on anybody. I'm with the people because I am sinful and in need of purifying and I'm in need of your grace, seeking your grace, but not approaching it as look how bad we are, which I can fall into, but here's good news that I'm about to proclaim. It's, this is the word of Jesus and the words of Jesus were not really very frequently. You're terrible. Get better. Um, there are times when he called for conversion, but most of the time he came to proclaim liberty to captives and a year of jubilee, you know, sight to the blind, all these, these, here's some good news. Your sins are being wiped away. You know, that's, I'm giving you freedom. I'm giving you joy. I'm giving you what you don't have and, uh, or you can't have, you can't make for yourself. So I love that humbling that can come. You're just, you're put on on the ground, you know, your feet are put in the ground and, um, I rely on, I got to rely on the Holy spirit more than myself in proclaiming this gospel because it's the word of Jesus that is profoundly good and wipes away all sins. Yeah. I thinking, trying to think experientially now, I, I have received that just from the prayer. I'm like a passing thought as I, mm. you know, as I say, amen, but just, there is an awareness given to me as the priest is praying that prayer over like may the lord assist you may he be in your heart on your mind in your lips you know all these things um that he might that you might proclaim worthily and well because i can go up and i'm going to make sure i emphasize this point because that's what jeff needs to hear in the third pew and susan needs to hear in the back and (laughs) yeah and, and instead of proclaiming the word of god which is the word of god not my word and receiving um, and then especially when you're preaching because the preaching is the liturgical act a continuation of an interpretation understanding and exploration of the liturgical text so the gospel the collect everything else um and and so you're you're when we're preaching we shouldn't be proclaiming our word but it should be the heart and the mind of the church proclaiming the word that the people have just heard from god yeah and the homily is kind of an extension of the, the 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 word just read in the in the readings and in the gospel, but 
notice the blessing isn't may God bless you so you you, you give a good homily. <laughs> it's like you know so that you proclaim the gospel wordly and well. And yeah, that involves the homily. But I, it's important for Catholics to know. And if you're listening, um, just consider the homily is not a terribly significant part of the yeah. um, of the mass. I hear so many people saying, "Well, I go to that mass because I get a lot of, out of the mm. the homily," or that preacher is really good. And if you learn to pray the mass, you can set aside. You know whether or not that preacher is good. Maybe there's a helpful word that yeah. God speaks to you, but it's that's it's a rather insignificant part um, in comparison to other things. And I would hope that when people are receiving the gospel, that they're really attentive to the gospel itself, yeah. and then not like preparing for what his father going to say and what's the fun <laughs> story he's going to start. Word with. of exhortation, because I'm terrible at this when I'm in the pews. Um, the collect prayer, the first prayer the, that the priest will pray. Let us pray. They'll bring the book out if there's a server. And then he prays something that you kind of forget. <laughs> mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's like, let us pray. And then he starts. And then and then it's almost ending. And you say, amen. You're like, all right, good. Now we get on to the readings. I actually really appreciate, um, there's, there's many priests who do this, but Archbishop Aquila really, uh, I was just serving a mass with him uh, earlier this week. And we get to let us pray. And he really prays. He starts mm. to pray, like, next to you, waiting, silently praying, invoking the Holy Spirit to come, God to be with us. That you know, I don't know what he's praying, but he's yeah. praying. And he waits. And he invites everybody else to enter into that, let us pray. We are going to pray. We're yeah. beginning now. And then the priest, as the presider, the priest is head, leading the worship to the Father, then makes this prayer that the church gives him, the colleague's mm. prayer. And this is, there's certain ones for feasts, for a saint or whatever, but if it's just a normal day during ordinary time, it's the same collect throughout the week mm-hmm. of that week's, that Sunday in ordinary time. And so what the church is giving us is a, a kind of a look here, pray like this, mm. pray for this in this moment, in this week. Mm. Um, and I, you blink and you miss it. And I'm so bad at actually like preparing to pray in that moment to start the mass as prayer. Mm. But that's what we're being invited to with let us pray. <laughs> you know, we're beginning yeah. our prayer of the mass. And so that'd be my uh, my New Year's resolution for any listener that's looking for something in the mass. Pay attention to that, that first prayer because mm. if you read the introduction, um, general instruction of the Roman Missal, which is like the church's instruction of how we're supposed to celebrate the mass, it highlights the the more important parts, what the church views as the most important parts of the Mass. And what are called the presidential prayers, these principal prayers, are the ones that are encouraged to be sung because the the kind of more important mm. uh, song is to be sung um, or, or uh, a privileged place of singing it because singing is praising twice, as uh, Augustine said. Um, and so there's just these kind of exhortations from the church of how to pray uh, more effectively, more embodied, more fully. Um, and that's kind of the heart of the church of what it's, she's trying to offer us. And, uh, so those principal prayers, I think are a great place to start to your point of it's not the mass isn't principally about the homily, but about the prayer that's happening. And so the, in the germ, there's some instructions on, you know, or in the lectionary, there's some instructions on 
preaching, and then the church has given us instructions on how we should preach. But when we're talking about the liturgy as such, that's just like way down the list. It's like the principal prayers, the Eucharistic prayers, the common responses. That's what the church is emphasizing for us because we are mm-hmm. praying together as a church. So tangent yeah. over. <laughs> no, I think that's this episode, hopefully, and maybe some ongoing in my um, kind of theme or the liturgical whatever. series series of Mike. series <laughs> is like the art of praying the mass it's so important to me and i think it's if, if done well it is a delight and it's fascinating and um it's really formative of the catholic life and spirit and the soul people are frequently asking me can i get spiritual direction and I say no, because <laughs> there's hundreds and thousand Catholics in my parish, and I have only limited time. So I discern that very carefully, but um, I, I think I'd like to give advice, and this is one of the principal um, interests I have, is instructing people on the art of praying the Mass. Okay, so you talked about the collect, and the word... It means this is the prayer that's collecting all of the prayers of the people. Mm-hmm. So one thing you can do at that time, let us pray, <laughs> is call to mind your intentions that you're bringing to this Mass. Who am I offering this Mass for? What am I offering this Mass for? And that might be what the bishop is yeah. you know, praying. That's what I do, is call to mind my intention and then like, try to just recognize and set my own intention on I'm collecting the prayers of this people. God, uh, hear the prayers of this people. And then praying this prayer that, like you said, kind of orients the mass in a particular, you know, theme or something like that. Okay. Well, so that's the gospel. Cleanse my heart and my lips, O Lord. And then by the words of this gospel, um, may your sins be our sins, our sins. Be our sins. That's right. Don't, <laughs> don't say your sins. From that, that <laughs> is a counter the words of the gospel. Counter- may the sins of those sinners out there yeah. in the pews be wiped away. Yeah, that would be exactly <laughs> the opposite of what I'm trying to <laughs> communicate. Um, I'm going to do one more of these six and um, say something. <laughs> as I well, turn, I've got two well, missiles look, well, in front of me. You're looking for is I'll do the the one as we're uh, preparing the chalice and oh yeah, we we pour the wine in and there's more, quite a bit more wine than water. It's the the instruction says a drop of water, um, and so what we are looking at is is the interplay between divinity and humanity, um, and so the prayer as we're doing that is by the mystery of this water and wine. May we come to share in the divinity of Christ who humbled himself to share in our humanity. And there's something beautiful about that, of uh, Christ entering into our humanity so that we can share in his divinity. But it's under this this position of humility, like, Father, you were talking about mm-hmm. before, this this radical humility to um, to receive this great gift. Uh, so that one's always powerful for me. I did pray one time. I was I was kind of going through the motions and I was saying the words and I said, by the mystery of this water and wine, whispering it, yeah, uh, may we come to share in the humanity of Christ who humbled himself to share in our divinity. And I finished <laughs> and I was like, that was wrong. I need to repray this. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm not saying, Jesus, that we're, we're divine and you came and participated in our greatness. <laughs> You're human, we're divine. <laughs> but it was like, I, welcome I just, to heaven. I did the, I, did the um, I don't know if that's, dyslexic or whatever but i just kind of <laughs> put the words I, was, I, I finished i was like 
I need to redo that. <laughs> that is not hard to do, my man. Um, okay, so blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you for the earth and work of human hands. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. And then, just like you you had just prayed by the mystery, and this is the Soda Voce, the quiet one, by the mystery of this water and wine, may we come to share in the divinity of Christ who humbled himself to share in our humanity. Christ humbled himself. Then the, the, blood, the wine is offered. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you, fruit of the vine, and work of human hands that will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. And then another quiet prayer um, is prayed by the priest. With humble spirit and contrite heart, may we be accepted by you, O Lord. May our sacrifice in your sight this day be pleasing to you, Lord God. In spiritu humilitatis, Ed in animo contrito, suscipiamo a te domine. Um, okay, so we said, we watched Jesus humble himself and uh, with the first prayer. This um, preparation of the blood and after the, the offering of the um, bread and the preparation of this wine. I got it. This is <laughs> not, the consecration has not happened yet. It's just wine and water. But we acknowledge Jesus' humility, and then we try to imitate that. So we say, um, after we had said, Jesus humbled himself to share in our humanity, with humble spirit and contrite heart, may we be accepted by you, O Lord, and may our sacrifice in your sight this day be pleasing to you, Lord God. And so you have this kind of combination at the offertory of, um, this is going to become Jesus in his body, blood, soul, and divinity, and him having humbled himself. So it's almost an image of him coming down in, uh, from heaven into onto this altar and into our presence. And then, um, Lord, humble, humble us and our spirit, and, um, and we present a contrite um, spirit, humble our hearts, contrite spirit, and uh, in order to prepare us to be united with Jesus. I mean, the sacrifice that's offered on the altar is Jesus Christ, um, head and body. So the mystical body that is all of us Christians here, all of our Catholics, you know, um, offering the sacrifice is united to that of Jesus. Our, the mystical body is united to Jesus so that when the consecration is happening or the offering of the Lamb of God to the Father, it's everyone here with Jesus, as Jesus, and not just the bread and the and the wine that is transformed, but the whole thing is an offering of to God. Mm. So this is an offering of a sacrifice, essentially the mass or the, you know the Eucharist, and it's but it's it's a combination of us and God. It's us being elevated and God humbling Himself to be united to us, and it's such a profound um, moment of connection. And we're asking for the kind of humility that, that Jesus had. And I think what's profound about that humility is to see ourselves with the eyes of God, see ourselves in reality, mm-hmm. not better or worse than we are, but who we are. And it's amazing that we have been given such a gift, dignified so, so profoundly, honored by God to unite himself to us and to be raised up into this point of uh, the heavenly union with with mm-hmm. God in the in the Eucharist. So I find those like complementary prayers. Jesus coming down, us yeah. you know uniting ourselves, or in some way going up 
in all humility and, and with a contrite heart. Um, the psalm says, what I desire is a contrite heart and a humble spirit. Mm-hmm. And so we're saying, Lord, let me be pleasing to you, my offering of myself. And, and then the priest, of course, is going to say, um, my sacrifice and yours. What does it say? <laughs> um, pray, pray, brethren. Pray, brothers and sisters, my sacrifice, my sacrifice and yours Lord. may be made acceptable. Yeah, may the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands. And we're saying the sacrifice is me, the sacrifice at the altar, the whole mass, everything Mm -hmm. together. What I love about that, so just zoom out real quick. Mm -hmm. Uh, We just, we talked about the collect, the collecting prayer at the beginning, where we we call to mind our intentions, our prayers, our offerings. And then this is another time where we're now bringing those like to the altar. The, The offertory will have happened right before that. And the offertory is not just to get some money so we can keep the lights on. It is that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the offertory is also uh, an image and a symbol of the the bringing of our life, our goods, our means, but also our prayers and our intentions to that altar at that mass at that sacrifice, and so that's reiterated when the priest says, "Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours mm-hmm. may be made acceptable," and so that and yours is the, both of this is coming together at the mass. And then we respond from the pews, um, may the Lord accept this sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, first praise and glory for the good of all his holy church. Uh, or, sorry, when you when you don't say it in, yeah, in sync, no. it's hard. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at I your hands for the praise and glory of his name for our good and good of all his holy thousands church. Thousands of times. So praise and glory of God, our good, good of all his holy church. Mm-hmm. And so there's intercession, there's offering of ourselves, there's uniting. And so now those prayers that you brought that you prayed in that call act at the very beginning of mass you know offer and you offer also your life your sacrifice what you have given what you've given to the church what you have given by your blood and sweat in your job in your family all of these sacrifices throughout the week are now offered with the priest offering in the person of christ christ's sacrifice on the cross to the father so that's the the one zoom out the second thing that i've always loved to reflect on in the mass is when we get Christ at the Last Supper saying, do this in memory of me. Um, I always take that as principally the taking of the bread, taking of the wine, blessing it. It becomes the body of the blood, offering it to the Father. Do this in memory of me, yes. But what's he done just before that? If you smash all the Gospels together, he's just washed the feet Mm. of the apostles and called them to wash each other's feet to be the servants of the servants of God mm. for each other. And so you kind of take that side of what he did right before the offering of the first Eucharist was this service. Mm. So all that work, that loving of the brother, the being a servant to the brother, he's now bringing into that Eucharist as well. So do that and then do this liturgical act. And then if you think about it, and I think, I think it was, um, Oh shoot. Who's the, who's the Jesuit, um, priest that he does he's got his science and cosmology um he used to be the president at gonzaga university if this is oh cool, spitzer spitzer i thought you were talking about yeah. <laughs> no uh father spitzer i saw an interview he was talking about um some of the eucharistic miracles mm. and he brought up the theology of um the the greek when he says um uh oh, i can't remember the exact word maybe you know this but when he's holding the the bread this is my body given up for you the Greek being given up for you is like a present perfect. Mm. 
or it, it in, insinuates or inclines that this is happening now, that this yeah. is present now. And so in this mystical way, Christ at the Last Supper is holding his flesh on the cross already. Ah, that's cool. Because he's, yeah. he's already, and then the priest is holding that, his flesh on the cross being given up for you. So he's holding it. And so it's then, that's united all the sacrifice, all the work, all the being the servants of the servants in this liturgical act is also the pouring out of the life, um, the actual sacrifice on the cross. And that's what is being doing, being done in remembrance. Uh, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I, the, the mass is so rich and there's an invitation. I can't wait for you to be um, praying the mass as a priest. It's, beautiful thing to be assisting as a deacon and praying as a deacon. Everybody there is praying uh, profoundly and offering the sacrifice. But you got these extra little Soto Voce prayers <laughs> that basically just raise your your mind to heaven, take you out of yourself and your own inadequacy and weakness, because it's true. Like, I hate being a hypocrite. It's <laughs> hard to stand there, and it's hard to preach. It's hard to lead. It's hard to stand in the place of uh, you know in persona christi but these prayers help me to just be like wow god you are amazing to lift um just this bum of a (laughs) scrap of dust into such a beautiful place and and then offering the sacrifice i'm saying you know um lord accept this accept this sacrifice of your people we're not perfect our sacrifice isn't perfect but What's God's response? It's never, eh, come back tomorrow. You know, go, go get yourselves ready and come back tomorrow. It's delight in the sacrifice of his, you know, broken small children. And, um, and that should, should just make all of us priests super happy and super privileged and grateful for this invitation. And um, not just like fear and trembling, which yeah you bring um but absolute joy and ecstasy to be um to the response to please accept the sacrifice lord to jesus god saying okay go on <laughs> keep going because i do and i love it and i'm grateful there's people who say i can't remember what the line is maybe you can um you don't come to church for god you, it's for you you know or you don't add anything to god um, you receive his, I forget what the line yeah, is. I don't know. There's a, I've heard a lot, but I yeah. hate that. I hate yeah. it so much <laughs> because you do make God happy. Hmm. Um, you make God happy. God is, is delighted when you offer the sacrifice and there's no greater gift that you can give than Jesus, his own son back to the father and us united with that gift. So he's, He's stoked. God gets something out of it. <laughs> and he's receiving the praise and glory yeah, of his right. church. Yeah. Which is the first thing we pray. It's awesome. Week. That's our goal yeah. is to give God glory. Awesome. Well, thank you. Well, that's that that's that for now. There's still some <laughs> other Soto Voce prayers, but we're gonna um, take care of those down Part the line. Part two of praying the liturgy. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of this, you know, Soto Voce is kind of give you pull back the curtain, yeah. give you an idea if you're in the pews to what's going on there. Um but hopefully you can just see it on the face of your priest. I'm glad and they're your, in the and your books deacon. because the first four months of being a deacon, these prayers was just get the words right, get the words right. Get the words. <laughs> <laughs> Praying them like with a, an added level of um, 
not just intentionality of saying the words as the church wants me to say the words and intending them, but now kind of the that subjective turn of like really entering into that prayer has taken yeah. some time. But I've noticed like my ability to pray as deacon assisting at the mass has improved over the last yeah. two or so months because I'm in the habit of it. I'm more practiced. Uh, I've said the words <laughs> enough um, that as I'm doing them, I'm really, it's not so much like on a test recalling, yeah. <laughs> but actually praying the words as I am reciting them. Yeah. Um, not that I wasn't praying them, but no, yeah, I got deeper, it. deeper intention. I see that so. with first confessions, especially yeah. when the kids come in, <laughs> they're not praying the act of contrition. They're saying the act of contrition yeah. and trying really hard to recite it if they had memorized it. And that's just cute. It's not like they're not contrite, but it does kind of deepen as you get used yeah. to it. So look forward to doing that all again this May and uh, yeah, learning these God. prayers and then being able to pray them. <laughs> yeah, luckily there is a book, so you yeah. can <laughs> you can read that Soto Voce. All right, um, shout outs. I fi- I'm feeling the cold, so I'm thinking of uh, this couple from Minnesota. This has been a long time now, so it could be six months, five months since <laughs> I've seen them, but there's a couple that came up after Mass um, at the cathedral on a Sunday as people often do and say hey thank you for your podcast we realized while you were talking you have that annoying <laughs> voice we've listened to for a few years and um, and this couple were like tall beautiful um, Vikings from the north where uh, from Minnesota they introduced themselves from Minnesota and she was a real um, fan of the podcast he kind of was like yeah I heard it <laughs> but I think a husband and wife that were um, just delightful and I didn't stop and give them a lot of time I have to confess I was kind of intimidated by them <laughs> and so I kind of panicked and I uh, but I yeah anyway shout out to you I wish I could remember your names too and I may have even mentioned you already but <laughs> so striking and um, they're wonderful so and, and to everybody who comes along and says um, thank you at Mass. I mean, it's a real humbling privilege, and I love doing this, and yeah. I know each of us do. So, I th- thank you for for mentioning it. It's it feels awkward or embarrassing to be put on a spot, but it's really um, encouraging. Yeah, and sorry if we don't respond super well to you. We might be intimidated. Yeah, or we or might be thinking preoccupied. We need to get to the next thing. Preoccupied because so, I'm I'm like yeah. shaking hands in line yeah. and saying but happy Sunday. We do appreciate it. Yeah. Um, speaking of tall, shout out Evan Miller. Yeah, um, of course. <laughs> he's a good friend of mine. We became friends after I moved back from uh, college here in Denver. And uh, he just recently started listening to the podcast. Um, his wife had been listening to the podcast, Katie. And then uh, she stopped because I got on it. Oh, <laughs> no. uh, I was going to say. But not because I got on it. But she's like, it was kind of weird because we hang out. And then I'm like, wait did I hear that story from you or from listening to you? <laughs> I oh, said, I feel that that's true. But, uh, Evan has been listening. And then it's redundant cause they've heard yeah. everything you have to say. <laughs> but Evan has been listening, um, uh, recently because, uh, yeah, he, um, he, yeah, just wanted to kind of fill some of his, uh, podcast time with Catholic content. He's like, Oh, nice. Jake's on this. I'll see what he's up to. So, well, Evan um, and Katie used to come by the cathedral once in a while. Yeah. 
and I never see them anymore. Well, I don't know what that means. That's because they're settled at uh, their, well, should I, I shouldn't say, they're at Most Precious Blood with right. uh, Father Daniel, and they're really doing a lot of good work there. They're on mission with them, helping with kind of the young young yeah. families. Um, I did see Evan gave a, a talk on finances for our yep. our marriage retreat. Nice. Well, it's fun um, to see them. So they're a great family. I was just over there for, for dinner and hung out for a while, um, and their little daughter, Pia, is adorable, yeah. running around and playing with the dog. and. Uh, so it's just fun. They welcome me into their family and uh, their old friends. So shout out to Evan, new listener, old friend. Keep listening, <laughs> Evan. Y'all the best. Okay, God bless God you, everybody. Bless. I hope you survived the cold. Pray for those who live on the streets of the cold right now.